Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, there may not be any big breaking news for a couple of days. Everybody tries to shut down a little bit, right? Fourth of July weekend, it's here. Right now, 2022 is halfway over. Six months to go. It's gone very, very fast. And uh, New Year's resolutions, all that stuff, there's still time. There's still time. My wife has a very good approach to all this stuff. She just doesn't try to make any one particular day special. She doesn't go all out on birthdays. Tries to make every single day special. Every single day a good day. Have a good day. What makes a good day? What makes a good day? Uh, Think about it. What are the things you... You can design your life so systematically your systems are set up so that you have a good day pretty much every day. If you get a couple of things done, for some people it's exercise, for some people it's uh, eating right and uh, seeing somebody, watching something funny on TV. I don't know. Just you can design it. You can figure out what works for you and you can design systems so you do the same stuff every single day and it makes you feel good. You don't have to be... It doesn't have to be Friday. It doesn't have to be a three-day weekend. It doesn't have to be getting my drink on. Did I tell you about that guy at the office? Uh, there's a guy who's always going around on Friday talking, I'm going to get my drink on, which was cool in, I think, 1989 or something like that. So uh, for me, a good day is, and quite frankly, I'm having a good day, even though I didn't really get much of uh, exercise done, although I haven't eaten anything bad at this point. Uh, happy 4th of July. Hey, I hope you're not going anywhere. This is going to be, we were going to go to Florida and we just canceled it the other day. It was, it's too, it's too short. Now there's a new rule of thumb. If you can get somewhere in a car and it takes seven hours or less drive, don't fly. Yeah. Drive, don't fly. Why? We have a horror. We've got a big pilot shortage and we've got a president and a secretary of transportation and an administration that has no idea what to do. They All they know how to do is uh, talk and uh, come out and talk about being gay and what it was like for Pete Buttigieg, our secretary of education, to be gay. Uh, you know, when he went to high school, then when he went to college, he's gay. And then he comes out, he's gay. Oh, wow. He's gay. He's gay. Don't forget. Pete Buttigieg, our Secretary of Education, is gay. By the way, that's why he is our Secretary of Education. He is gay. Absolutely. Now, I do not care. I would uh, welcome Pete in my... Well, we're not friends, but let's say we got along, all right? I, he could bring his husband over. I don't care. We'll all talk, but we're not going to talk about... We're not going to talk about your orientation. I will tell you, I'll talk to you, uh, Pete Buttigieg, about... What the hell makes you think you could be Secretary of Transportation? You did nothing. You ran, what, South Bend, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Who cares? Nothing. Why did he get... Now, I wouldn't say any of this. If I had him over, I couldn't say any of this stuff. But if I had him on the Newsmax show, if I had him right here in the studio, shouldn't you resign? I mean, really. No, 
By the way, you do. Oh, oh, wow. Why are you pointing out he's gay? Because that's all they wrote about for a year when he ran for president. What made Pete Buttigieg electable in today's crazy country, right? The only thing that made him electable was him talking about being gay. That's it. That's it. That's what made him special. And I, we have it. We have this whole amazing uh, kind of video montage and showed you all the times the media talked about it and all the times they wrote about his sexual orientation. Oh, he had a couple of other things that, well, Greg, he went to Harvard. Well, so the hell what? Take any law firm on 6th Avenue, you'll find <laughs> hundreds, thousands of Harvard graduates. And it's a really interesting thing when you finally meet a Harvard graduate who's an idiot, right? And they produce idiots left and right. They're all over the place. It doesn't matter where you went to college, okay? You can be an idiot and uh, have a PhD. You can be a genius and uh, have dropped out of high school. It, it just, there's all kinds of, people are different. People are different. But the media, they love status. They love that kind of stuff. And he's got some of the greatest credentials these days. Ooh, Ivy League. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, he's gay. Ooh, ooh. And then... As Ed Koch would say, this is too cute by half. He's a military veteran. Military in quotes. Totally made up the whole damn thing, all right? He is such a fraud. And now we're left with this guy at the top of the heap at the Department of Transportation, which is a big no-kidding job. And you're leaving it to this inept fool, right? A guy who just, and who takes off three months. Remember that all nonsense? Took a three-month vacation. Hey, have they caught that guy who shot the woman on the Upper East Side, I don't think they've, no, they haven't found him yet. What's going on with that? How can they not have solved that crime by now? And one possible reason is, you know what, talk, what I'm talking about, right? That 20-year-old woman, uh, a baby in the stroller, somebody walks up, shoots her in the back of the head. Now, I think they know who it is, but they can't find him. And here's one of the reasons why they can't find him. Cops are leaving the NYPD in record numbers. I got some pictures sent to me yesterday from the office at, uh, there's one in one police plaza and then another one, I think, in the city municipal building where you have to go when you're retiring. And there are hundreds, hundreds of officers retiring. They have had it. They want out. This uh, department is not being led effectively, it would seem. And we know the city is not being led effectively. And our culture has encouraged uh, disrespect to cops, second-guessing of cops, uh, recording them and getting them in trouble. Who the hell needs it? And, oh, by the way, if you use deadly force, basically, <laughs> they're going to arrest you. They're going to arrest you. You're going to have to prove you, you're going to have to prove your innocence. They don't have to prove your guilt. You have to prove your innocence. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be this way. And it's a very tough time to be a cop. So it's a very tough time to be a New Yorker. All these, all these people are leaving. What's that going to leave us with, right? All the professionals are leaving. So what did Eric Adams say? He wants to diversify the police department. What a nitwit. The department's already incredibly diverse. We had officers from 116 countries. One, he didn't know that. He still has this Starsky and Hutch version in his head of what the NYPD is. White guy cops from uh, the suburbs who come in and break heads. And then go home. That's what they had on Starsky and Hutch, right? Which I, it's a show, by the way, I did not like. I only liked the car and that they threw up the siren uh, on the top. Uh, hey, Kathy Hochul, boy, oh boy, drunk 
high on her own supply, not literally drunk, but drunk with power, who talks like this, Kathy Hochul, our governor, and I hate to say it, the way everybody's asleep on their Netflix, uh, just checked out, smoking the dope, smoking weed, and our overwhelmingly uh, favored Democrat kind of, what's the proportion? What is it? Four to one, three to one statewide, something like that. Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul, she's the boss. Just ask her. Cut 20. We have to make sure that we make these changes, and I want them done now. I want them done now. I want them done now. Who the hell are you to say anything? Hmm? How about building a coalition? How about trying to convince people that you're doing the right thing? No, it doesn't work. This does not fit you. You're not a kick-ass executive. You're a bored housewife from uh, the suburbs of Buffalo. Cut the crap. And here she is. The Supreme Court just told us that law-abiding citizens should not be put through unnecessary, unreasonable burden to obtain firearms. The Sullivan Law, which is from 1910, basically said the local constable, i.e. the police, can make you, um, uh, you got to fill out this form, you got to fill out that form, they they will approve who gets a gun and who doesn't. Law-abiding people could not put up with all that crap. Too hard to get one. Too hard to get a permit. So they gave up, and they didn't get an illegal gun. But the criminals? Well, they're not going to go get a permit. They're just going to get the, the gun on their own. So only the bad guys have guns. Well, the Supreme Court says that's not right. Now, Kathy Hochul is essentially saying, well, I'm going to ban where you can carry a gun. And listen to this list. It's pretty much everywhere. Cut 21. Federal, state, local government buildings, health and medical facilities, Places where children gather, daycares, parks, zoos, playgrounds, public transportation, subways, buses, polling places, educational institutions, and making sure that we have no open carry policy as a default position for private businesses. So uh, where the hell can we bring guns? I mean, basically nowhere. Basically nowhere. Um That's not what the Supreme Court was intending. Now we have politicians openly basically defying the law, uh, scheming ways. We used to respect law, right? Why would, why would, no, no, they don't do that. They don't encourage that. That's not cool right now. How about that? And by the way, if you want to exercise your constitutional rights and you're a business owner, listen to this scheme she's come up with. This person, who in, how is she in charge? Let's go through it. She was a one-term congresswoman from Buffalo. One term. One term. Two years in office. That's it. Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, picked her because she knew nothing. That's why they picked that's why they picked these lieutenant governors. They don't want anybody hassling them, taking away the limelight, uh, possibly running against them. No, they don't want it. So they take a non entity. And that's where Kathy Hochul, the only thing she had going for her was uh, the rich husband. Uh, so, Kathy, how how is it going to work with these private businesses who actually don't think that it's a problem for gun owners, right, who think people should exercise their constitutional rights and it's up to them? What are you going to make them go through? Listen to this. Cut 22. The presumption in the state of New York after we sign this bill into law will be the presumption is that private property owners will not want to have concealed carry weapons on their premises. But should they decide they do, they would actually affirmatively put a sign in their window, a bar, a restaurant, gathering place, 
concealed carry weapons. Welcome here. Back to Buffalo with you. We got to help Lee Zeldin, Congressman Lee Zeldin. He's running right now. Republican. I'm not technically endorsing anybody, but I'm telling you, I want that guy to win. I mean, wow, we need a guy like that. Fire Kathy Hochul. You don't reward Kathy Hochul. You don't reward the, the, the vice president, if you will, of New York State, Cuomo's deputy, all that COVID, COVID nonsense, all that uh, Black Lives Matter nonsense, the mayhem in the streets, the no National Guard troops. She, she should bear responsibility for all of that. Did you hear her coming out and opposing Cuomo, demanding law and order? No, she never did that. That would uh, She'd get her hair messed up. But now listen to her. Can I hear that one more time? Uh, cut 20, if you don't mind. It's very short. Go ahead. We have to make sure that we make these changes, and I want them done now. All right. Easy does it there, okay? You know what she is? She's bossy. <laughs> She's a bossy. A little bit of authority, and then you're the governor, all right? You're not the empress. And I like that word bossy. Sometimes it applies perfectly, even though big media a couple of years ago, this is like uh, 2018 or so, said you shouldn't call women bossy even when they're bossy. Uh, listen to this. Cut 23. This is a big ad campaign that Facebook put together. You're going to hear Sheryl Sandberg, who just got fired by Facebook. I think Beyonce is in here. Who's that? Who's that? In t- uh, just I can't stand her. What's her name? Uh, Jane Lynch is in this. Uh, listen to how they want to tell us, don't say bossy. Cut 23. When I was growing up, I was called bossy. I think the word bossy is just a squasher. Being labeled something matters. By middle school, girls are less interested in leadership than boys. And that's because they worry about being called bossy. We need to tell them it's okay to be ambitious. We need to help them lean in. Words matter. Let's just ban the word bossy. And encourage girls to lead. To be strong and be ambitious. Listen to your own voice. There are no limits. There to be you. You can change the world. Let's ban bossy. Let's ban bossy. Ban the word bossy. You can't say bossy. Hey, it's great to be ambitious. It's great to be all those things. You can be the boss. You can be in charge. But bossy is, there's a negative connotation. And sometimes people exceed their authority and get involved in things they shouldn't do. There's a bossiness, right? I'm not going to, you can't ban that word. And oh, by the way, this same crew, they're allowing this whole Karen craze to happen now, right? Karen this, Karen that. If you dare stick up for yourself, uh, you can never, there, what did Trump say? When you go woke, you get demented. He put it right like that. When you go woke, you become demented. And this is demented stuff. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I mentioned driving seven hours. Don't get on a plane. I don't know who came up with this rule of thumb, but basically by the time you get to the airport, you do all the waiting around, and it, God forbid you got to change planes and all that nonsense. Um, if you can drive, you should. Seven hours. Um, beyond that, it's worth it to fly, even with the delays. However, what about gas prices, right? What about gas prices? Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. The furthest I'm going to go, the farthest, the furthest is uh, Long Island for a day and a half. Then it's right back into the city um, because uh, gas prices, well, a couple of other things. I don't want to deal with, I can handle the gas prices. I don't like it, but I can't handle the lines. I can't handle the delays. I can't handle the cancellation. I just can't, 
handle it. The way to handle it, though, if you got to handle it, if you got to do it, is to just put your body on droop. You know, you just kind of put your body on droop and you just accept it and just go along with it. You kind of just uh, walk around. And you know what? The phone, let's face it, has helped a lot. People are more content to wait online than ever before. But when it comes to gas prices, just remember, it's a good reminder that Joe Biden is cannot tell the truth. He is a liar, always has been, and um, he's not going to change now, right? Remember this? This happened yesterday, actually. Remember this. Cut 27. Joe Biden explaining gas prices and how crazy high they are. They are. Whose fault is that? No, not Joe's. This is a flat-out lie. Cut 27. Ultimately, the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia not allowing grain to get out of Ukraine. I remember the last time I filled up my gas, uh, my car, before the war, before the war. The last time, I just remember the war was about to start. I just come from my parents' house. I filled my car up many times since, but I'm talking about the, I just remembered this. The war had not started. That that little dweeb national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, was saying, it's not a matter of um, if, it's a matter of when. Thanks. <laughs> but getting on the phone and stopping the war. No, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I, was, I went to the little, uh, what is it, the BP station on the FDR Drive right around 23rd Street. And it was over a hundred bucks to fill the the car I got. It's never been that high. It's it was like I was like, I just, oh, what's happening here? That was before the invasion, and we all know the supply chain crisis and gas prices. Gas prices were going up way before the war. Joe Biden and his regulations, uh, anti energy industry, he fossil fuel industry, absolutely. Wants to make everything clean. Well, guess what? They are poised to make money off of that. We are not poised to make that change for a long time. You know, they asked a deputy national security advisor, hey, what are you going to do? Seriously, these these gas prices are killing people. And they said, well, it's part of the new world order. The new world order, this new crazy globalist socialist world order that Joe Biden, I don't know if he really personally wants it. It doesn't matter, but he's going along with it because the left lead, the heart and soul of that party right now is not Joe Biden. It's AOC, and he's got to do whatever she wants, whatever her ilk wants to uh, remain in the game. You know, you would think that Joe Biden lies like that. I mean, even liberals know that's a lie about the gas prices, right? There he is in front of how many reporters yesterday uh, during that G7? A hundred? 200. He's not yet been asked about the lie he told about the laptop, right? Russia disinformation. It's not Russian disinformation. It's Hunter's laptop. And your name is all over it. Just present the question to him. You know what he'll say. Oh, my son uh, got better from drugs. It was all drugs. That's what he'll say. But you have to ask him, were you lying to us? What did you know? Why did you say it was Russia disinformation? Why did you get all those former intelligence officials to say the same thing? Huh? No. Instead, Listen to how polite. Listen to how they kiss his ass. Cut 28, please. First question, I'm told, is Darlene Superville from the Associated Press. Two questions, please. (laughs) Of course. G7 leaders this week pledged to support Ukraine, quote, 
for as long as it takes. And I'm wondering if you would explain what that means to the American people. I'm supposed to go down the list here. Uh, Jim, New York, Jim Tankersley, New York Times. Mr. President, thank you. Um, this week, uh, you and the G7 allies introduced uh, a plan for an oil price cap. Tarina, The Wall Street Journal. I'm going to keep the trend and also ask two questions, if that's okay. Um, one on the summit and uh, one domestic question. Jordan Fabian, Bloomberg. Thank you, Mr. President. I also have two questions for you. <laughs> of course. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and they're all polite. What would your message be? What would you say? How would you? S- all that kind of stuff. All that phony, easy stuff. They're still covering for him. Compare that to a press uh, conference that Donald Trump ran. Just all the time. Relentless, relentless, relentless. Trump thrived on it, by the way. This guy would be destroyed by that stuff. Hmm? Destroyed. Just like they're destroying our culture, by the way. They are destroying our culture. They want to erase it. Especially, especially if they can make the case that somehow it's racist. By the way, racist. You know how you used to call somebody a jerk? Yeah, that guy's a jerk. Didn't really mean much. Now, the new jerk is racist. They use it that casually, that that carelessly. Give me a moment. Your calls and a couple of other things. I'll be right back when we come back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's it. That's the theme friend song. We were just getting started there. Four seconds, whatever. I didn't really particularly care for friends, but it was the hottest show in America. One of them It was friends in Seinfeld. You know, it's essentially been canceled now because not enough black people in the show. Not enough black people. So the creator, a white woman by the name of Kaufman, I think. Yeah, Kaufman has been apologizing all year long um, for a year now, actually. She's been writing op-eds in this paper, that paper. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I should have done better. I will work to do more. Apology after apology for a show that made her probably a billion dollars. Made a lot of people laugh except me. Now she has to apologize for it. Now it's getting harder and harder to find. Again, because um, they say not enough, um, not enough black people in the show. Now, well, here's the real offensive thing to me: uh, the apology that a, an apology is necessary. The show is called Friends, and yes, I know people have friends who uh, look like all kinds of different uh, people, right? Black, white, red, brown. But for the most part, I mean, let's be honest. For whatever reason, I don't know what the reasons are, but generally speaking. Um, Black people tend to be friends with black people and white people tend to be friends with white people. You know, there's just there's I don't know why that is, but it just kind of works out that way. And then, oh, God forbid, if you have a if you do have friends who are black and you point that out, that's also wrong to do. 
So you make up your mind. Is it wrong for me to say what I just said, or is it wrong for me to say I have black friends? All right, this is what it is. Friends. So friends, obviously, it works that way. You walk in, I'm sorry, that's the way it is. It, that's all, it's, it's just been that way. Maybe it's not as much today. So she's got to apologize. Not only that, not, it's not enough to apologize. She had to write a $4 million check to Brandeis University for their African-American studies program as part of her atoning for being a white woman and all of her whiteness. Now, I understand white people are under under fire big time just for being themselves. And some of them, like Sherry, they want to apologize for their virtue, for I mean, apologize for their privilege, for this, for that, all the money they have. Some of them genuinely feel guilt, which is totally ridiculous. Problem I have, well, I have a lot of problems with this stuff and a lot of different things to say, but primarily um, her virtue signaling the guy who drives a truck or drives a bus or works at the warehouse is going to be paying the price for this stuff. People of all colors, by the way, all right? People who look all, all kinds of different ways. When it happens at that level, it's going to trickle down. And people who really have no business, literally no business, like who needs to focus on race at the, at the bus depot? Nobody. Nobody. But that's what it's all about now. Imagine that $4 million. Was that show even really that good? I, I, I was in the military at the time. I didn't really watch it. Hey, Nicole is on the phone. Is that your name from Manhattan? Uh, one, two, three, four down. What's your name? Hi. Hey, hey, Greg. How you doing? Oh, you're um, not Nicole. Actually, Who are you? I'm Nocole. 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 What um, kind of name is that? Yeah. Well, that's my name. and um, It's an unusual name. I mean, uh, what's it all about? It's it's just my name. It's uh, this is what I was given. What do you? What, how do you spell it? N o c o l. Uh, I've never heard of one or met one in my life. Uh, well, I think it's a nice name. I'm not saying it's not a nice name. I'm just saying it's an unusual one. Right. All right. No goal. Uh, what's the, what's the deal? Um, you know, actually, I, I about what you said yesterday about interviewing Trump and asking him about his daily routine. I would actually be very interested in hearing about that. I'd also want to hear. You know about the interesting foods he likes. Like, does he like sushi? All right, does and then like what else food? do you want to know? Okay, another question you're going to ask him, which is what I called about. Why is he freaking out about this January 6th committee if he's innocent? If he's innocent, this committee is going to get eggs on their faces. They're not going to be able to indict him over anything. Why is he true socially the whole time? Why does he have to be so outspoken about this Outspoken. Committee? You know, Nocle, something tells me you're not using your natural voice. That's not that's this I have is a my feeling. Natural voice. All right, Nocle, I don't think this is your real name, and I actually don't think that's your real voice. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think there was an insurrection? Uh, I think there was a very close call. All right, you don't know what you're talking about. All right, you just don't know what you're talking about. Nocle, I'm suspicious of you and your intentions, but I'm not hanging up on you. Um, you know, from the horns guy to how they were let in by the cops. And you want to say that this is an insurrection or is very close and you think President Trump is actually guilty of something. You know what? If they were talking about me all day long on at Capitol Hill congressional hearings, I'd have something to say about it. I would. And I, I would be tweeting away about it or truth socialing about it. Uh, what would you have him do? Talk about golf? I mean, well, they're trying. They're trying. They're, they're trying to cancel him. And something tells me Nokel. You'd like to see that happen. Anyway, thanks for calling. Uh, Lauren, uh, hold on a second. What's wrong with my... Hello? Uh, Lauren, Lauren, you're in upstate New York. Hi. 
Hey, Greg, thanks so much for taking my call. Hey, let's um, face it, that Nokel, that Nokel guy was phony baloney, right? Nokel. Well, I, I'm not sure. He, I, it's some sort of anti-Trump. It's, it's some sort of acronym. He wanted me to say Nokel. It means something to him, and he's uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right, what um, else? Yeah, I'm disturbed about the gasoline prices that are through the roof. In fact, I don't turn on the heat in my car when I'm driving because, you know, it's it costs me more on gas unless it's unbearably hot. And I don't know how Joe Biden can just come out and continue to blame Putin. Isn't I'm saying, How does he even think that people are going to fall for that excuse? I'm, saying, I'm not taking it. I don't think the American people are taking it. And he's really going to pay in November. So why, why doesn't he – he should at least at this point change the excuse. At some point he was talking about Republicans, which was really worse than blaming well, Putin, but he should move on from that excuse already. He doesn't have the agility. He doesn't – he's not nimble enough. He is a career politician lying and telling people what he thinks they need to hear or want to hear. That's what's gotten him this far. Um, you notice know interesting? You listen to him and you watch him. Watch him over the years. I, I see when he interacts with, with voters – he never asks them questions. He never asks anybody any questions. He actually thinks he's charming. He actually thinks he can win people over. He's not a listener. It's another thing about Trump. He listens. He listens. He's got radar. He's got sonar. He can have so many ways. So you're right. I mean, a normal person would have to acknowledge things, but he is uh, he's corrupt, and he's, his character, he has no integrity, and that's why he's, uh, he still thinks he can get away with it, but he's, uh, he's wrong. Anyway, Lauren, hey, real quick, where upstate are you? I am um, in Swan Lake, um, and I also wanted to tell you one more thing. Yeah. Hey, Greg, this is no cool. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I love you. I love you, So, Greg. Lauren, hey, hey no cool, no cool. What yes, was, sir. What's the, what, what, why are you prank phone calling? You're a grown man. So what's your real name? No, what's going on? I, what's with the voice? I, I I wanted to call about two different comments, and I wanted to ask you a tough question. I'm a, I'm pro. So Trump. wait, wait. Let me ask I you. Let me ask you much. something, Lauren. Lauren, I mean, Nokel. <laughs> hey, you got two phone lines at home. I mean, you really yeah. planned this. One is a cell phone. and one is a telephone. But I'm saying you you, you still have a landline. You still have a landline. Yes, I have a landline. All right. Yes, so listen. What's your phone book? What's your be? What's your, yeah? You do sound like an interesting, eccentric kind of guy. Um, why did you pick Nokel as a phony name? I think it's, I, I like, I actually like the name very much. What does it stand I, I for? It, it stands like a liberal for... name. I think it comes up sounding interesting and people remember the name as well, but. Oh, we'll remember this on. situation. We will remember this. Uh, okay. Thank you. One more. Steve in Brooklyn. Hi, Steve. Yeah. Uh, when people accuse me of what, I'm a racist and you, you don't like Marxists. I said, no, I love the Marx brothers. And my favorite movie is a day at the racists. That's cute, I guess. All right. No more calls for the rest of the show. You guys stink. I'm only kidding. You're great. Except for you, Nokel. And Steve, that wasn't... I, I, I try again. All right. Um, before we do that, is Friends really funny? One more time. Here's cut 20 from the Friends show. Wait, no, 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 no. Skip that. This is uh, cut 31. Is this funny, cut 31? <laughs> You hear all that fake laughter? You hear all that fake laughter? They're struggling moving a couch, and they hear that. You know, it's one thing about the honeymooners. They didn't need any fake laughter, right? They, no, they needed no fake laughter. It was naturally, naturally funny. 
Um, and I miss it. Hey, one thing I won't miss is uh, Gay Pride Month is over. Finally, it's the longest month uh, I think I've ever endured. And they just could not stop talking about it, but it's over. Should I? I guess I should. I should. I shouldn't talk about it. I guess I'm defeating. I'm defeating the purpose. But what was it about Gay Pride Month? Did it, did it seem longer than usual? I don't even remember there being a Gay Pride Month before. I remember Gay Pride Parade, and that was it. Now, what's my issue? It's not with gay people, quite frankly. It's not. All right. It's not that. I think people, quite frankly, are born gay. I do. Um, it's the pride part. It's the pride part that got totally out of hand. And yes, all this crap is out of hand. Cut 29. We are celebrating the start of Pride Month with some pop-up parties, and we've got one going right outside here in Times Square. It's important to feel proud to be you. Oh, lucky to have dads like you. And happy Pride from Nickelodeon. We can't just do it for the month of June. We have to carry Pride with us every single day. We are unapologetically us. Come out to Pride. I will see y'all there. No, no, N-double-O, no, no more Pride, okay? Enough with that stuff. Take the flags down. I saw Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts uh, in Washington State. They had a whole troop of them. How many are in a troop? There were about 30 or so, and 20 of them had gay Pride flags in the Boy Scouts, in the Boy Scouts, Hey, believe me, the Boy Scouts, already enough uh, problems with the sex and the Boy Scouts, okay? You can't talk about gay pride, I don't think, without talking about sex a little bit, right? I mean, that's kind of what it's about, right? And I don't think children should be dwelling on those matters. Those issues are going to hit them naturally. They'll think about them naturally. Can't Boy Scouts just be about tying knots and water skiing and uh, what else did I learn? How to... I never really learned how to start a fire, but stuff like that, wouldn't that be, uh, you know, that's kind of what it's supposed to be? Oh, man. Hey, they are even letting girls in the Girl Scouts, and you're not supposed to call them girls anymore. You're supposed to call them, I guess, uh, humanoids. This is a very amusing time. And it's also dangerous and scary, but it's more amusing. Dave in Media, Pennsylvania. What's that Media, Pennsylvania all about? Why is it Media? Great question. I'm not from here. I just moved in the area. Um, I have no idea. All right. I'm anyway, from Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> you're from Northeast Pennsylvania, a town called Northeast Pennsylvania. No, no, a small town called Summit Hill, Pennsylvania. Okay, but there's a town. There's a town. There's a town called Northeast Pennsylvania. Correct. I, I, I have no idea. Oh, there is. I, I don't know. All right. Oh, you're maybe. not exactly Mr. Pennsylvania, are you, Dave? Uh, you should I'm know surprised. this stuff. All right. So what's up? Hey, I, well, I wanted to comment about your – I was listening to your comment about the bossy being inappropriate to refer to, I guess, bossy woman. Uh, well, I didn't say that. They said, said that. I, I think it's fine. They're bossy men, bossy women. I didn't say that, but they said that. Well, I was just wondering, would they prefer bitchy more than bossy? <laughs> We're going to call you something. You might as well go with bossy, not bitchy. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, that weirdo um, – Cheryl Sandberg, who thinks she was uh, going to redesign society, and she almost got away with it with that Facebook stuff. Good point. Good point. Bossy or bitchy? I'd go with bossy. Thank you. One more. Lee in Philadelphia. Hi, Lee. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. I'm the caller who called you a couple months ago, and I gave you the moniker, if you remember, smart and sassy. 
I don't think I particularly liked it. It sounded feminine. Oh, I don't know. I think you did like it that day. And I sassy? Thought, wow. I thought, sassy? Oh, yeah, smart. You don't call a man <laughs> sassy. Oh, that's so sassy. That's feminine. Well, I think you... No, I don't think All so. All right, anyway, I didn't, I, obviously I didn't adopt the nickname or the moniker, as you call it. But uh, anyway, thanks for thinking of me. Uh, what's up? Anyway, uh, regarding Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, that whole name and the whole image is straight out of Central Casting. It's the name of a lower-tier private-label sportswear line that you could buy at maybe uh, Penny's or Macy's or Kohl's, something like that. And anyone who's seen one Perry Mason episode could rip her apart. So, uh, you know, I don't get all the hype. But um, regarding uh, Tuesday, you had a caller who observed that some, including Bernie and Sid and Bo Deedle, are dumping President Trump for Ron DeSantis, mm. which unfortunately means that the phony commission is doing its job. That's exactly its intention, to get people to stop supporting President Trump. And um, I just, you know, I have to say, I don't want to see people fall into that trap. I think Ron DeSantis is a good candidate, but I don't think he's any President Trump. He lacks the business expertise and the foreign policy acumen that we really need right now to right the ship. You know, Lee, I am so glad you called. You, you, you're right. You, this is happening. I've, But something just clicked. I think i got to talk about this tonight. That is, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before, that is the intent of this committee, just to create so much... Uh, you know, uh, just a cloud, just, oh, gosh, just to mess up Trump, just to dirty him up enough. OK, who needs the trouble? Let's find somebody else. They're going to go crazy. We don't we'll go to the path of least resistance here. You're right. That's what they're trying to do. We have to resist that. It's unfair. It's dishonest. And by the way, they're going to do it to DeSantis anyway. And you're right about DeSantis. He doesn't have any real significant private uh, industry experience. Zero. Guy was a congressman. The guy was running around. You know, he wanted to be a politician all of his life. That's why he went to Harvard. That's why he went to Yale. That's why he actually probably joined the military. That's okay. People join the military for all kinds of reasons. I joined for the uniforms. I wanted to learn how to fly, and I wanted to travel. Serving the country was like, okay, that's cool, too. Everybody joins for certain reasons, and that's okay. So you're right about that. I want to put his resume up. DeSantis is not ready. He's not. He's a kind of a weird guy, by the way. If look at the debate with him and Gillum, Andrew Gillum, back in 2018. He should have mopped the floor with this guy. Andrew Gillum now, I think, is in jail. Watch that. There are all these weird facial tics. He's kind of an oddball, DeSantis. I like him. He's on the right track. Anyway, Lee, you're absolutely brilliant, except for that smart and sassy nickname. I don't care for but that. I think too many people have had their heads turned by Ron DeSantis, and I don't like where this is going. And uh, regarding Bo Deedle, he's another one who's dumped President Trump, and he has no credibility. Hey, when the hell is Bo Deedle on the radio anyway? As far as I know, he's, he's not on the radio. Why, what, 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 where are you getting all this information from Bo Deedle? What? They give him a regular segment. All right, well, so what? It's a talk show. People are going to say things. But, you know, no, not so what. You're right. This is taking on a life of its own. And now I'm going to start. You know what I'm going to start doing? I'll see how it goes over. Enough with DeSantis on Twitter. You know what I mean? Maybe I should do that. You think that'll that'll get a conversation started? And I also think that uh, <laughs> uh, Bo Deedle has egg on face because he's been on Eric Adams' bandwagon since day one. And despite everything 
it happens, he's not renounced him. All right. Well, look, he's just that guy that wants Yeah, he hasn't. I'm surprised. Well, look, he's got all kinds of it. I don't know. I can't speak for Bo. I'm not going to. All right, though. Well, you and I know better. Okay, Lee, we know better. All right. Come up yeah. with a better nickname for me, and uh, I'll be very happy. But you had some really interesting observations, and I appreciate it. Watch my Newsmax show tonight, okay? You'll see this call reflected in my content tonight. Okay? Fair enough? Will do. Thanks, and Lee. I look forward to your expose on Ron DeSantis. Okay. Well, expose. Wait a second. Calm down. Expose? I'm not going to go through his dirty laundry. All right. He's well, you know what I mean, politically. I mean, politically, he's a fine guy. I mean, you know, I just enough with him. He's not ready. He has not even been reelected yet. Career politician. He's copying Trump, by the way. You know, he is to a large degree. So I will touch on it. I mean, it's not going to be quite an expose, but you're giving me some stuff to uh, work with here. All right, Lee, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nobody seems to care about Michael Stenger. Michael Stenger, who's that? He was a sergeant at arms on January 6th. Now he's dead. He was fired on January 7th. They said it was his fault that they all got into the Capitol. I think he was one of many sacrificial lambs in all this. Uh, He actually said shortly after January 6th, there were professional agitators and we need to look into that. He's dead, only 72 years old, and that's young now. Uh, No indication of cause of death, none, zero. You have a cryptic statement from the family saying this had nothing to do with January 6th. That's it. Well, was it a heart attack? What the hell happened? What's going on here? We have a bunch of suicides related to January 6th. We're told all the time, all those Capitol Hill cops, a ridiculously large number, by the way. What's that all about? Here's Michael Stanger. Back in February of 2021, newly fired, saying this is what should be investigated. The outside agitators, where do they come from? Who gave them the money? Cut 36. There is an opportunity to learn lessons from the events of January 6th. Investigation should be considered. As to the funding and traveling, what appears to be professional agitators. Nah, we won't be doing that. No, we won't look into that. We'll look into... uh, The speech Trump gave. We'll look into the meeting he had with uh, his lawyer, John Eastman. Oh, yeah, that's that's that'll be the key. No, we're not going to look into Ashley Babbitt. No, we're not going to look into the cops who wave people inside. No, we're not going to look into the cops who just stood there. No, we're not going to look into the also the law enforcement that let the horns guy onto the Senate floor. No, we're not going to talk about how Donald Trump made 10,000 National Guard troops available to the Capitol and to the mayor of Washington, D.C., but they were declined. Why? Let's not talk about any of that stuff. Let's just try to dirty up Trump, dirty him up. Make people like Lee said, oh, uh, Trump, he's just not worth the trouble. Michael Stenger, how did he die? How did he die? Wow. Nobody cares because you know what? It's not on Liz Cheney's agenda. Liz Cheney. How about her, huh? She's clearly wants to be president. Here she is. And this is how she's going to become president. This is how she's atoning for all the Cheney sins over the years. Cheney, daughter of Liz, uh, daughter of, I'm sorry, uh, Dick Cheney, right? 
Let's talk about Dick Cheney first. Dick Cheney, this swamp bag. He goes from being a, a just a, a, a drunk to being the vice president of the United States. Hey, I'm all about redemption, but I'm just saying he showed up in Washington, D.C. without any skills whatsoever. And he left without any skills whatsoever. Truly, no skills. I mean, I'm sorry, being a snake in a swamp is not a skill. It's not. It's a corrupt game that he became good at. He went from being that lineman in Wyoming to being worth $100 million. The swamp, right? You can play that game and you can win. He did, but we lose. All right, much more on him and the weapons of mass destruction that never turned up and how Liz Cheney is now taking revenge out on all of us. Give me a moment. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, Lee is right about Ron DeSantis. He's not ready. No, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon. You know, they they basically canceled Florida. Forget about canceling Trump. They canceled Florida because of the... What do they call that? The don't say gay law, right? Which it's not. It's a totally valid law. I love it. But I'm just saying that um, he is not invulnerable to the attacks from the left. They will make him the new scoundrel and him the new enemy of democracy, Ron DeSantis. So you can't say, oh, they're doing it to Trump. As long as we go with somebody else, they won't do it anymore. No, this is what they do. Okay. They try to, they they don't just try to beat the other side with better ideas. No, they try to... Take them out. Delegitimize. You're anti-democratic. You are an enemy. You are an enemy. It's one thing for Trump to say, by the way, and he's totally right, enemy of the people regarding the press. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly no friend of the people. But he never took any steps against them. None. Obama was the one who was wiretapping reporters left and right. All right. So just wrapping up the whole um, thing with the Cheney family, Dick Cheney. Do you remember him? It's interesting. I... People people don't remember, they should, maybe because Liz has helped out, but how wrong this guy was, how he put everything, everything on the line for Iraq, invading Iraq, right? He was the guy who sold that crap. We had to go in there to get the weapons of mass destruction, right? Dick Cheney, August of 2002, cut 37, please, vice president of the United States at the time, the architect of the Iraq war, which would start roughly six months later, cut 37. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. Uh, yeah, huh? Really? Hmm. Wrong! He didn't have any. He got no WMD. 
We got a lot of dead Americans and a lot of dead Iraqis for a war that made us far less safe. Screwed up a lot of things. How do you live that down, huh? You know, I mean, Cheney was like Darth Vader for a while. A couple of years ago, they made that movie called Vice, really portrayed him as a monster. I mean, well, look, you invade the wrong country and you make $100 million along the way. Yeah, that's uh, they can work with that material. I can work with that material. So how do you atone for all that? Well, this is how you do it. This is how you wash it all away. Just go after Trump and the left. They'll forgive you of anything. Are you ready for this? This is Liz Cheney. And shockingly, the, the Reagan Library, Ronald Reagan Library, the presidential library out in Simi Valley, they invited her. Let you know where that place is now, huh? Liz Cheney. Here's Liz Cheney. This is how you, uh, you get back in the good graces of the swamp and everybody else. Cut 38. I also know that at this moment, we are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before. And that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. Can you stop it for a moment right there? All right. A domestic threat that we have never faced before. Calling Donald Trump half the country, more than half the country, by the way, voted for that guy. Domestic threat. How dare you? If I were in the audience at that point, I would have gotten the hell up. I would have booed and I would have walked out. And those stupid jerks just sitting there clapping, sitting on their asses and waiting for the applause lines and clapping. Anybody want to go back to 1995 when the federal building in Oklahoma City was destroyed by domestic terrorists? And she has the uh, the ignorance, the audacity, what, the ambition, because I think she's running for president now. She wants to run for president as an independent because she's going to get beat in Wyoming most likely. Keep going with that. And that is a former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. And he is aided by Republican leaders and elected officials who made themselves willing hostages to this dangerous and irrational man. Now, some in my party are embracing former President Trump. And even after all we've seen, they're enabling his lies. Many others are urging that we not confront Donald Trump, that we look away. And that is certainly the easier path. One need only look at the threats that are facing the witnesses who've become, who've come before the January 6th committee. All right, stop. The threats of the witnesses who come before the January 6th committee. Look, anybody goes on national television, all right, for a couple of hours at a clip, people are going to say stuff about you, all right? And if anybody threatens anybody, well, that's a crime and you can be prosecuted. I haven't heard about anybody being arrested, though, have you? Hmm? The threats against the witnesses. How about the attacks on anybody associated with Trump? The physical attacks. Remember how they couldn't go to restaurants? They couldn't get gas in the car? Everybody yelling and screaming and swarming them? Democrats saying, you got to get right in their faces, right? Wasn't that right, Maxine Waters? These witnesses. So that's how you do it. You see how it works? You just pile on Trump. You know, it's tough to defend him, actually, to defend him. Now, the people love him, but the swamp hates him. It's tough. It's tough to, you know, they'll come after you, although I do like it now. I'm in the place where the criticism just does not, it does not matter. It just doesn't matter. It's a very freeing place to be. I actually love it. I love it. All right. So we know what she's all about. She, she's the anti-democratic one. And those hearings, what a disgrace. Hey, one more thing. I want to hear this Cassidy person one more time. 
or Cassidy. Did they give Cassidy Secret Service protection at this point? So they she can get a ride to uh, meetings with executives at The View, where, where she will soon be appearing. Cassidy, Cassidy Hutchinson. Here she is repeating a lie that some guy named Tony told her. Go ahead. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. Hey, stop for a second. You notice how she's always calling him Mr. Trump? She's got some weird beef with him. Now, Bobby Engel, the Secret Service agent, and the Secret Service are totally... This is... This is not true. By the way, it's impossible the way the vehicle is set up. And she kept calling it the beast. He, she, that's the Cadillac. He wasn't in the Cadillac. He was in the SUV. Her story falls apart. And also, by the way, it's a secondhand story. And uh, they say this is a, she was an inspiration for women and girls. I don't like when they say women and girls. I like boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. I don't like lumping them in, women and girls. You never see, you never hear boys and men. Men and boys. You hear about boys to men. Remember that group? Women and girls sounds, I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. All right. Uh, Trump had something to say about all this, and I'm pleased that he was on Newsmax. Uh, you know, you just love it. He cuts through all the noise, all the crap, and uh, just kind of crystallizes stuff. You know? Here he is, talking to my buddy over there at Newsmax, uh, Rob Finnerty. Cut one, please. Cut one. I thought it was absolutely crazy. Uh, this committee is, a lot of people say, illegally formed. But when you look at what they're doing and when you look at what they're saying and what they're doing to the country, uh, now the good news is a lot of people aren't watching. A lot of people aren't listening to it. But they're try- trying to do real harm. We went through Russia, Russia, Russia. We went through Ukraine. We went through the Mueller report. Not, no collusion after three years, two and a half years. And now we're going through this. It's a one-way sideshow. It's a horrible thing that they can do to the country where they take this kind of time. They don't talk about making America great anymore. All they do is investigate everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Great stuff, great stuff. He goes on. Now he's talking about Cassidy, Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy. I do like the name. I'm intrigued by the name. But Lee said it. She was like, it sounds like some sort of. Fashion line at Kohl's, right? Cassidy Hutchinson. Wardrobe by Cassidy Hutchinson. What did he say? Cut to. This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent right. who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car. Uh, that said that I wanted guns at my rally. I didn't want guns. I have to speak too, and I don't want did, guns did for anybody. Did you grab the steering wheel? Is, that, is there any truth uh, to that? Of course not. Is that ridiculous? In fact, the Secret Service came out and said that this story is totally false. Who, what did they say? <laughs> two, two, I, two. Uh, let's see. And, uh, oh, she's a social climber. I love this. It's true. Cut three. The woman is living in fantasy land. She's a social climber, if you call that social. Uh, I, I think it's just a shame that this is happening to our country. And we don't have any Republicans up there to dispute it. We have one who quit, Kinzinger. We have another one who's down by 35 points yeah, in Wyoming. Uh, she's a total disaster. She's a train wreck. But think of it. 
nobody to cross-examine. Professor Dershowitz said you can't do where you have a hearing and there's no cross-examination. This would have been the easiest cross-examination anywhere. And they put her on, and they don't even confirm it with the Secret Service. The Secret Service people in the car said this didn't happen. In the car? It's totally right. Give me the next one, please. He's so good, right? Don't you miss him? Wouldn't you love this every day? Keep going. These are great people. They've devoted their lives to it. And I think they were very embarrassed by it because it yeah. makes them sound terrible. Tony Ornato and Bobby Engel. Uh, They're well great. I, I know them their very records. well. Sterling. They are records. Sterling. Um, and I was very nice that they came to my defense. I thought it was incredible, actually. Very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. I was actually surprised as well. It takes a lot to uh, step forward and... Uh, you know, the Secret Service, they have a they have an excuse to not step forward. Hey, we're the Secret Service. We keep secrets. We're secret. We can't get we can't comment on everything that's said about us. Secret. All right. A little bit more here. Uh, cut five. They said that I encourage people to have guns. I didn't encourage people. I've never spoke to anybody about it. Right. I didn't encourage anybody to have guns. And I'm one of the speakers. I don't want people out there with guns for me either. Right. But I don't want maybe more importantly for other people to get hurt. I don't want that to happen. Uh, you look at the fact that we had, I recommended from ten to 20,000 troops be there. Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. turned it down. Yeah. All of these things took place. They turned it down. We're not hearing about that during these hearings. They don't even cover it. They refuse to mention it. You'll never see it. You rarely see it, see it in the fake news. Uh, think of it. If they put not 10,000 troops or 20,000 troops, I recommend it between 10 and 20 right. in front of numerous witnesses, in front of people, and in front of the people that actually do that. So if we would have had not 10,000 troops, but 500, 500, tiny proportion of that, you wouldn't have January 6th, as it is called. All right. He's right. He's right. He's right. And then, and then this is back to uh, our friend in Philadelphia's point. Why are they doing this? What's this all about? Why, 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 why these nonsensical hearings? Cut six. How much of this is about trying to prevent you from running again? Oh, I think a lot of in it 2024. is, yeah. I'm leading in all the polls. Every poll. Against Republicans and Democrats. I'm leading in the Republican polls at numbers that nobody's ever even seen before. And against uh, Biden and anybody else that they run, I'm leading against them. All right. He's right. He's right. All right. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Finally, 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 here we go. Is this going to do well on social media? What do you think? Finally, this is from Greg Kelly at Greg Kelly USA. Finally, the longest, dumbest month is over. The Gay Pride Month. Over the top and boring. Nowadays, and I put nowadays in quotes, you can hook up with anybody and no one gives a damn. Fine. Be gay. Just don't make such a big deal about it. I don't talk about being straight all the time. Happy fourth. Is that fair enough? I think that's fair. Um, let's see here. How's the hate going? Nah, about as expected. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Wasn't it really a little bit crazy? It just went on way too much. I don't ever remember a gay pride month. I remember Black History Month. I remember well, that's the only other month I know. Um, I, I just think these months are kind of silly. I, I think a white history month would be silly. I do. I just think it's all nonsense. Damn. Isn't it boring as well? When I said over the top and boring, there's a whole world of things to talk about. 
Why would I talk about what you do in the bedroom or in the, I don't know, back? I will say this when they always said, you know, I don't care what government has no business in the bedroom. I'm like, do you only do it in the bedroom? I mean, that. <laughs> all right. Um, hey, let's do some calls real quick. Uh, Sarah in Long Island. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Hi. Um, my question is uh, this woman, Cassidy. I haven't been listening to trials. I, I just don't believe in it. What I hear is bits and pieces from you. Um saying she's repeating the story that somebody told her. Why isn't that person there testifying it himself in, present, in person? It's a great question. It's a great question because some of these people have testified behind closed doors. What? Do they contradict each other? Do they undermine each other? I guess maybe Tony Ornato says, I don't remember that. It is such a sham. It is, and somebody said earlier, I mean, this is probably against the law. There are the tender acts or something like that. This is something that Congress is not allowed to do, to hold a trial like this. This is a trial. You can't have this. not a hearing. This is an agenda. You can't take over time like this. You can't. It's out of control. So, Sarah, it's a great question. We don't know. They have all the evidence. They should just turn it all over. Evidence. I don't even want to call it evidence. It's all propaganda. Why aren't you watching the hearings? And I don't blame you for not doing it. I just think it's just a whole bunch of baloney. It's only one side, uh, and there's no, like, rebuttal. Um, and it seems like, is Nancy Pelosi going to be on there uh, answering questions about why she didn't get the extra uh, guards that uh, Trump wanted there? No, she's not going to be there to, to testify because it, it'll, you know, it'll just make her look bad. You're amazing. Thank you so much. And Mo is in Brooklyn. Mo, what's up? Yes, Mo. Did you press the button? Yes. Hi, Greg. Hi. I was just thrilled when Lee um, mentioned to you that the reason they're doing this, one of the great reasons, is to separate us from Trump, make us Trump-weary. I've been, I've been very disappointed, quite frankly, listening to other – and I don't listen too much anymore after Trump's um, defeat. Um, let's put it that way. But I've been listening to some of the conservatives, talk show hosts, and even callers say, you know what, let's go somewhere else. And this is what I'm afraid um, they're succeeding, and I don't know how to fight back with that. Because, you know, I feel, still feel hurt with this, with this fraudulent election. I feel hurt that the Supreme Court didn't even want to acknowledge that something happened. And I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't a Trump person in the beginning. I was really a Cruz person. But you know what? He looked out for the people, and, and, and that's what it's all about. And they hate him for it. So how can we stop this? They want to separate us from him. It's such an important thing that she said, Lee, and I'm so grateful that she called. Well, me too, and uh, she inspired me for tonight. And I also – not that she's not the first one to come up with this. I mean, this has been discussed before. But it hit me, and I think I got to take a shot at Ted. I'm sorry, not Ted Cruz. That's your guy, uh, Ron DeSantis. Remember, they've done this before. People were saying similar things about Trump. They were growing weary a little bit during Russia, 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 and the hoax investigation. You remember that, right? They were also growing weary of, um, let's see, the uh, impeachment number one, right? That was all meant to sabotage him. Yet he still got we believe more than half the votes, right? Right, Mo? Remember Absolutely. everything they did? And there were people, oh, yeah. we were told all the time by the left, you know, there's Trump fatigue. They can't, stay, they just want things to be normal again. They just don't want the opposition. They were saying that back then. This is a continuation. 
if any, in a weird way, believe it or not, this might help him. The more they, the more they fight him, the stronger he gets. You know, I have a feeling. We'll see. I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but Mo, uh, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, one other Bob in Brooklyn. Bob has something to say about Trump in twenty twenty four. Yeah, hi Greg. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi Greg. Thanks for thanks for having me on. There are a couple of big points I want to make. Uh, um, yeah, Bob, I'm going to wait for you uh, until after the break. All right, now, hold on a second. And by the way, where where are you? It doesn't sound good for the. I, it sounds. I don't. I'm not. Sure. Where are you physically? You sound in an odd location. Can you hear me? Yeah. What did you do? Yeah, I'm. 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 In, I had it on speaker. I'm in Brooklyn now. Ron DeSantis has done a great job for Florida. Kudos. I really love him. But there will have been no Ron De, Governor Ron DeSantis had there been Donald Trump. Great point. I think it's time that Ron DeSantis comes out and. And, and say to, to, to the Democrats and the general public, I'm for Trump. Do not put me against Trump. You know what? I think you're on to something. Let's get him to say that would be very statesmanlike, wouldn't it? You know, Trump could use some support. He could use some support right now. And all the, all the Republicans in Congress, I'm told, they really want him gone, too. They officially say they like him, but they don't really like him. How about it, Ron DeSantis? What do you say, huh? You're a young man. You have to. You don't have to be president in 2024. In fact, you shouldn't be. You should not be president when you're still in your 40s. And I'll tell you why. Because it's too much. You got young children. You can't be putting the country first. You're going to put your family first. Donald Trump was a rich, famous man by the time he became president. Right? Right? That's right. Okay, so you can't. You're biologically. He's going to be thinking about his girls and his, uh, his 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 wife. Wait, wait, fifteen years, twenty years. We don't need any forty somethings as president anymore. Remember Bill Clinton? It took him like a, an entire term to get used to it. I can't believe I'm the president. Wow, all these girls love me. Oh. you got. You need somebody more mature. No offense, uh, DeSantis. Hey, thank you, Bob. I got to go. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know who Joe Rogan is, right? Um, who the hell is he, actually? He's uh, He's got those podcasts that go on for eight hours. I like what he stands for. I generally agree with him. I see clips here and there, but I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with the story. I've listened to one or two podcasts, not not more than that. I mean, um, I don't quite frankly understand the half-billion-dollar deal he got. I mean, uh, Howard Stern money, I, that's a little bit, uh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite get that. And uh, everybody, every time he says something, it seems to make news. I mean, like, I, I, now I'm going to give him a chance here. Uh, he has something to say about Ron DeSantis. This made headlines. Who cares? I mean, I just, it's been a long time since I've actually heard him speak. I think he's, look, I love him 10 times better than the fake news. There's nothing fake news about him. I'm just, well, I guess I'm a little jealous of the money. (laughs) But uh, let's see here. Here he is on Ron DeSantis. What's the big deal? Go. I think Ron DeSantis would work as a good president. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, what he's done for Florida has been admirable. Look, at. I feel like I'm doing breaking news right now. That wasn't even on purpose. (laughs) I feel like what he did for Florida, a lot of people gave him a lot of grief, but ultimately... He was correct. He was correct when it comes to, like, deaths. 
He was correct when it comes to protecting our vulnerable populations. He was correct in terms of distribution of monoclonal antibodies. And he was furious when the government tried to pull those. They were trying to pull very effective treatments. You know, he is not perfect. He's a human being. But um, what he's done is stand up for freedoms. And mm. people think that, that so this this was some weird gaslighting shit that went on where people equated freedom and saying the word freedom to, like, right-wing bigotry and hate is so strange. Okay. I, I, I don't agree with all of that, but um, pretty much, yeah. Give him a half billion dollars. Sounded like Mike DeDino in the morning. I mean, I, I was just like, okay, a half billion dollars. Uh, I am not as impressed. Uh, the, the the COVID response, yes. Um, I don't like career politicians. What can I tell you? I don't like boy wonders. Okay, I don't like 30-something members of Congress. I don't. I don't. I don't like people who are in such a rush to be president. Get something done. Work in the private sector. Uh, succeed. Fail. Go through something. Go through something first. You want to be my president? You're 43 years old? No, I don't think so. And I think we uh, put your family first, make some money, do your thing, and then come back and see how we're doing. All right? There is, it's admirable. It's admirable, just like Joe Rogan said. But beyond that, um, I think we're, I think it's quite frankly disloyal to Trump. I think he actually deserves some loyalty. I think this is a guy, you know, he could say, I hired thousands of people. He did. That's real stuff. That's real world stuff. And I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, ooh, looks like we're going to be losing the um, press secretary pretty soon. Karine Jean-Pierre. Why? Because, uh, well, she's no good at the job. Here's a, uh, ooh, this is, this is pretty bad. Karine Jean-Pierre, lesbian, uh, immigrant, uh, black. Woman, she's always now. I, why would I say that? Because she can't stop talking about it. I'll show you that in a moment. But first, here she is. Uh, what's a big pressing issue right now? Baby formula. They asked her about the baby formula situation. Cut thirty-three. What is the latest update the White House has received on the current infant formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked been asked that question. Okay. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I don't. I just don't have them in front of me. Oh, you stink! You stink! I'm sorry. That's not. That's not good. A spokesperson needs to speak about the hot button, important issues of the day. The baby formula thing that hasn't stopped being important. Okay, you got to be ready. Ready. She's not. You know why? Because she's still consumed with that black gay immigrant woman stuff. I don't care, but she does. She gets to the damn podium. She gets the job. And she's like, look at me. I'm a black gay immigrant woman. Cut 35. John Karine Jean-Pierre. First day as a white uh, house. I am a black gay immigrant woman. The first of all three of those to hold this position. First three. All those things. First to hold all three. What are they again? Black gay immigrant woman. Now, it wasn't just a one day thing with her and the black gay immigrant woman. Uh, it's, uh, it's everything she is. It's everything about her. Uh, black gay immigrant woman. Here she is. She made a little videotape of herself walking around the white house when Donald Trump is president 
fantasizing, literally fantasizing that Trump hates her because of, um, well, she's gay and black and an immigrant and a woman, right? This is real. She, she made this. Cut 34. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black, gay, immigrant woman. Hates everything that I am. He doesn't know who you are. He may hate you. Well, I don't think he hates, but man, maybe he does. But not because you're black, not because you're gay, not because you're a woman. I mean, right off the top of my head, because you're not good at the job. Cut 33. What is the latest update the White House has received on the current formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. You see? Uh, I think it's been. How is being black and gay an immigrant woman helping you now? Just be a good press secretary. Okay. Forget about the gay. Forget about the black. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me. You know, Jen Psaki wasn't much better at the job, but she didn't make a big deal out of being white. I, I, I take it she's married to some dude. Who cares? New York. Maybe it's because I'm from New York. Don't we not? We used to not care. We used to just to each his own. Whatever you're going to do is what you're going to do. Uh, all right. Hey, we have to talk very quickly here about Eric Adams, who uh, right now the police department doesn't even be able to. They're not able to solve a basic crime in part because senior police leadership rank and file are departing the police department like never before, retiring, resigning. And you have a. You have a case where a woman gets shot in the head. It should be a pretty cut-and-dried case to solve it. It hasn't been solved yet. And Eric Adams, what does he do? What does he do at a time like this, huh? Blame everybody else and take no responsibility. Cut 16. But we do need help from Washington, from the state, from our criminal justice system. We have been clear on that. We're going to find this person that's guilty of this horrific crime. Okay. Um... But you need help? How much help do you need? you got 50,000 guys. Girls and guys, detectives, state-of-the-art police department. What do you need? What, how's Washington going to help you? Guns, if we only had fewer guns. Let's say we went from uh, 300 million guns in America to 150 million guns in America. Who cares? What, these guns aren't all going off at the same time. Guns will replace these guns. Do you understand? He doesn't. He doesn't. He's such a limited guy. This is our city, my city. I can't believe that this guy is occupying City Hall, Gracie Mansion, and people are still eating it up. I hear it all the time. Oh, he's saying all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He can't. First of all, he's two-faced. He says one thing to you, and then, and, then, and then he calls you a cracker when you ain't around. I'm talking about a white person, okay? A man who stands in front of people. And shames them for being white and then goes into another room and refers to those people he just shamed as crackers is a racist. And he has no business being mayor of this city. None. Zero. And too many people who wanted to appear in a certain way. Oh, look at me. I'm friends with this guy. Yeah. You guys let this happen. Dave, what's your uh, story here? Hi, Dave. Hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. Yeah. Hey, um, I just wanted to say I, I, I want to acknowledge um, 
that you're a great radio station. I love listening to your show. I've been listening for about four months. And um, uh, I was listening to some of the calls about DeSantis. And, yes, they have a point about he's kind of young. But at the same token, just last week you were pumping up Andrew Giuliani, who doesn't hardly, hardly have any experience with public service. Well, we're talking about two different jobs here. We're talking about governor and we're talking about president. All right. My president, president of the entire country. That's different. We also have to look at who's who's the competition and who can take out Kathy Hochul. Quite frankly, I thought uh, Andrew and I, as you may remember, I gave it it was a tie. Andrew and uh, Astorino, either one of those guys. And now we got Zeldin. And I think, quite frankly, very unique position. We're not we're not pushing him for president. We were pushing him for governor. And a guy who watched his father be mayor for eight years. And if you saw him during the campaign, he had real talent, real talent, real political talent. And he came in second place. Okay, he came in second place. Not bad at all for a first time out. Keep stay tuned. I wonder what's next for Andrew Giuliani. No, 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 no. no. I'm not saying everybody in government's got to be 60 and up, 70 and up. But something, I mean, I just, to be president, I think you got to be, you got to, you got to be more than just a former congressman and a governor. I want to see more. And, uh, and part also, look, I know and like Andrew Giuliani, uh, and I don't know Ron DeSantis. Hey, Sal is in Brooklyn. Thanks, Dave. Sal, what up? Yes. Hey, Greg. Greg, did you see, uh, remember when Biden went down a couple weeks ago on that bicycle? Yeah. Well, first of all, he fell like my friend Keith at the happy hour yesterday. But, uh, you know. What do you mean by that? He was drunk? Well, you better believe it, as usual. But What do you mean? Your friend Keith or Joe Biden? No, Keith. I'm not saying not Joe Biden. I can't oh, say that. Well, I, I can't all right. Say my, all right. So, uh, Joe Biden, did you hear he tried to uh, tie in that whole bicycle fall with the gay agenda? No, because he said he said uh, it would not happen if he was on a tandem bike. Yeah, um, you sound a little uh, sneaky. What's going on here? You're plotting something. You sound a little. Uh, what do you plotting. got going? Plot. What could I possibly be plotting? I don't know. I don't know. You and Keith. Keith, go down. Hey, what's what? What are you doing with the air conditioner? I'm sitting in the air conditioner of my car. All right. All right. Uh, well, you're not parked near any school or anything, are you? No, I'm about to go get lunch. All right, all right, all right. Well, let me let you get your lunch. What's on the menu? Uh, I think I'm going to go with, like, uh, roast beef and cheese today. All right, don't kill anybody in that place, and I appreciate it, Sal. Keep in touch. I did not hear that about the tandem bike. Uh, very good. Uh, Russ in New Jersey, what's up? Hey, Greg. Love yes. your show. I just got to say this really quick. Uh, the night of the elections... My wife was watching uh, the proceedings, the uh, live feed on Yahoo News. And 2.30 in the morning, she wakes me up to say, you know, Russ, you got to come see this. All of a sudden, all the feeds, all the numbers that were coming in for, for, for Trump and for Biden were coming in, and they stopped. Everything froze. The whole screen, everything froze. And then, about five minutes later, they flopped. Everything, all the, all the votes, supposedly, that were for Biden went to Trump. And Trump's votes went to Biden, and we were we were we were, we were like, who, who could we call about this? You know, this we're, we're we're watching this as it's as it's going on. 
And then 530, 4.30, 5.30 in the morning, they miraculously found 339,000 votes for Biden. You know, they just found them. Hey, so much weird crap went on, and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge it. They want to call us big liars. It's the big lie. Why, why, why can't we have a commission? Why can't, why wouldn't the Associated Press even go to the courtrooms? They weren't even going to these, uh, to these states. No, they just phoned it in like they always did. Anything to stop Trump. It's so terrible. It's so, what did that person say? It made them, uh, it hurt me. It actually hurts me a little bit. It hurts me that they screwed with the election the way they did, I believe. Not everybody. I understand. I haven't seen, you know, look, can I prove it? No. But I certainly have my very grave doubts about the fairness of that election. Anyway, Ross, thank you. I remember that weirdness. We all do. We'll never forget. We can never forget. Give me a moment. Final thoughts as we enter into July 4th weekend when I return. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Fourth of July weekend, I just see this. Oh, Top Gun, go see this Fourth of July weekend. Get fired up and experience one of the greatest movies ever made. See Top Gun Maverick now playing only in theaters. Greatest movie ever made? No, absolutely not. I would not even put this in the top 10, not even in the top 20. Uh, and I'm not going to go much further than 20. It's a good movie. It's solid. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's a great movie. You should go see it. There are some problems with it. Uh, A lot of things that are unrealistic, totally unexplained, totally weird, like any movie, but I was a little bit more of a stickler with this one. Uh, And, uh, yeah, good movie. No, great movie, but not not greatest ever made. And why? I don't want to give anything away, but what's her name? What's that woman's name? Jennifer Conley. Hey, what I will see this weekend is Elvis with Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. I want to see that movie. That looks uh, that's getting pretty good reviews. And uh, the promo looks good. Forget the reviews. You can almost always tell a good movie by how good the promotion is. You know what I mean? It's uh, that. Unfortunately, a lot of. A lot of communities have scaled back their 4th of July festivities uh, because being patriotic, being into America just isn't that cool anymore, right? And, you know, I saw those Boy Scouts and most of them were carrying gay pride flags. They eclipsed the American flag. Can you believe that? Is that not a major step in the wrong direction that we are our impulses, that we are our... It just what we crave, that makes us who we are? No, no, we're better than that. We're more than that. I thought so. Oh, wait a second. We got a special caller. Haven't seen her in a while. Uh, Beth in Kentucky. Is this Beth with a truck-driving husband? Yes, sir. How are you today, I'm Kelly? wonderful. Is your husband on the road again? Yes, he is. Oh, what a pity. How are you? No, 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 it's not. He's probably in a better situation. I'm sure enough about him. I want to know all about you. What's going on? What's going on with me? 
Well, I'm cleaning up the house today after my uh, four-year-old granddaughter came over for the very first time, and we totally wrecked the house. Well, hold on. T- time out. Wait a second. Wait a you have a – turn the radio down if you don't mind. You're, you have a granddaughter? Yes, yes. yes. Wow. I didn't uh, – anyway. But you uh, you still working out? You do the treadmill and the elliptical? What do you do? We do one of those things. No, no, no. I spin at the spinning wheel to make yarn, and I oh. walk, and I do – I don't think I'm riding a bike. Oh. I don't have time for that. I'd rather be out in nature. Oh, that's nice. All right. So, uh, how are you anyway? What's going on? What's the latest? I love your voice. Obviously, everybody knows that, and we haven't heard from you in a while. That's why I got all excited. Anyway, take it away. What's going on? Well, a wonderful. You started out your show today talking about joy and happiness, and wanting to know, you know, how do you start your day, people? Da 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 da. I just needed to. Of the many things I love to talk to you about, every morning when my eyeballs open up and I see something in the bedroom, a little bit of light, I always say, thank you, God. Thank you. This has just happened in the last four years since COVID, attitude change. And he has the joy in my heart to make everything happy. I've learned to look at it in a different light. Instead of saying, oh my, somebody's sick, or the squirrels haven't been fed, or I don't feel good today, blah de blah blah it's always a good day. And I say that to everybody now. Today, this moment, is a good moment for you. That's it. Well, Beth, That's all we have. Uh, it is, but I want to go a little bit deeper on that. I mean, look, you know, we could say that. We could say, oh, there's sunlight, therefore I'm joyous. You know, I don't know if that's going to quite cut it, to be honest. I just don't know if that's if that's going to withstand the, the rigors of life. Now, I know what will, though, and I think you're going to agree with me, what will give you that framework to to look at these things and enjoy them you can't just adopt that mantra and be done with it. Like, I'm just going to now appreciate the sunlight and God's gifts. For me, at least, to get to the point where I can do those things, what I'm saying is you can't just rely on what you're talking about there. The underpinning, the foundation has to be, in my opinion, actually, I know this, the Word of God, we can get into the Bible. He will reveal himself to all of us if we do that, and then... Joy is a lot more attainable. And looking at the sunlight, and you can then I think you'll be in a much better position to feel his presence. What do you think? Am I am I speaking to you? Story, Greg. What? You don't know the rest of my story. Well, uh maybe I should have Well, uh, okay. Geez, sorry. Oh, I got here. Uh I was, you know. Christian at a young age at the, quote, mammal old-fashioned church, went out and lived. Uh, around 40-ish, I had a mental breakdown. Come to find out, I'm bipolar 1. Explains a lot of the history. You can go from good or bad, but I'm, I'm just a fighter. But when I woke up out of two weeks of shock treatment, mm. life looked brighter. And I cried a lot. Because I didn't know the colors were that pretty, pretty, and I'm a you know quasi artist. But it wasn't until a pandemic that the Lord showed me 
the significance of changing my life and looking at it deeper than when I used to look at it. It's an it's an automatic now. Well, electroshock. Everybody has that. Go ahead. Did you say electroshock treatment? Uh, I think everybody in America needs at least one shock treatment. I I don't know about that. I didn't even know they still did it. Oh boy. I had a European shock treatment. Yeah, I don't think they do that in America anymore. Oh no! What is it? Oh, it's good. It's wonderful. I mean, it brought you know when you have a mental disease, and if this tool is available, and your doctor and you meet the specifications, it worked for me. All right, I've seen it in movies, and it terrifies me, and it never is portrayed positively in the movies. But look, I granted, I don't know a damn thing about it. So uh, if it helped you. I'm glad. I'm glad for you. I am. I am. I am. I am. But all this did it, all this bring it back to God. I want to bring it back to the Bible for a moment. I mean, I just feel like to get to where you are, and let's say someone out there is not bipolar, to you you can say, I'm going to look at the sun tomorrow morning and I'm going to feel joy. You can try that, but I don't think it's quite going to work without God, without making that link to God. Exactly. And I'm not saying everybody's bipolar. No way. I wouldn't want this disease on anybody. But. Just look up at the at the trees and you and the birds. It, there's God. He is everywhere. Beth, I'm so glad you called. Beth from Kentucky. Best to your husband and uh, safe travels. Listen, I'll see you guys tonight on Newsmax. Have a great fourth. Sorry to the rest of the callers. To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.